Hey, crisscrossed. Uh, how was the workout that I sent you? How did that go today? I didn't do it at oh. all. I clocked out of work and then just furiously spent the last hour and a half, two hours getting the computer all set up and getting everything downloaded because we're oh. recording virtually. We are. Right, right. Because, uh, yes, um, I didn't know your stuff wasn't set up. My bad. I thought you had everything already <laughs> set up. No, I had my I had my monitor on my desk and my work laptop and most everything else was in boxes. So this was a good motivation for me to get my computer out. So gotcha. Now, oh, right, right. I the forgot. The second we're done playing, I could play some video games if I wanted to. I forgot we uh, we have very different methods of moving and unpacking because I need everything set up immediately. So like the day I move is also the day that like 70% of things get set up. Yeah, that's that's what my girlfriend's been. And bless her heart, because I would just be living out of boxes for like two months and slowly <laughs> taking things out as I need them uh, and then putting them away. But um, like this room, my office here is like the only room that's not pretty much completely 100% set up. <laughs> but it, it I, I like need to do it because it makes me feel homey and like it's my space now because I'm controlling what's in it and it's yeah. set up for me like yeah exactly we started moving in on monday and like by this weekend we're gonna be chilling watching finally watching the season four of rick and morty in a fully furnished apartment hey there you go yeah that's another thing i can't move more than one day what do you mean you do it all in one day it's just today is the day T- today is the day of suffering we did Day of Suffering on Monday for her entire apartment, and then Day of Suffering on Tuesday for uh, moving all the stuff out of my parents' yeah, house. Yeah, yeah. And the day of her apartment, uh, I climbed 54 flights of stairs, according to my Apple Watch. Ooh, that's some work. That's some <laughs> it work. was some work. I will say this. Um, the thing that always threw me off, at least in the last move I did to where I live now, the hardest part about it was all the little stuff that I kept forgetting. Mm-hmm. Mm. Especially the garage. I kept forgetting stuff in the garage. I kept forgetting stuff in the attic. I kept forgetting stuff that I had in the closets. Small, yep. small, small things. Yep. Just because the big stuff is easy, right? Um, yeah. But my move-in day, the hardest part was probably the washer and dryer going up two flights of stairs. Ugh. That I no, did. We did not have to move that. That was brutal. That because yeah, there was no mechanical ability. It was just ass to grass squat, and then you're deadlifting up. Like, you're just straight dead, like, straight deadlift up to, like, a walking position. And then you're, like, yoke walking it like a strong man up the stairs. It's just fucking brutal. Like that that rock that you were telling me about. The The Atlas Stone? The Atlas Stone. Yeah, yeah. Um, Oh, I found the the term. Remember I I was telling you the term of the strong man dumbbell that you fill up with pellets? Oh, yeah, yeah. Big circle ones at the end? They're called uh, circus dumbbells. Oh, yeah, because they look like, the old, hey, step right up and see the strongest man in the world. Eh? Yeah, exactly, with, like, the handlebar <laughs> mustaches. It's basically yeah. that. So it's called circuit. Uh, Brian Shaw, four-time World's Strongest Man, is holding something called, like, the uh, Shaw Invitational, where mm-hmm. he's hosting his own strongman competition. And he just posted a video on YouTube where he was explaining each each uh, event. Um, and it's just a whole bunch of strongmen coming, like, his friends and the people he competes with that are coming to try out and, and uh, do it. And it's crazy. He's hosting it in his, at his house. Mm. Cause he has this crazy, I, I think you told me about that. Yeah. He's this crazy house in Colorado. So he's got it split on like the mountain, like a day in the mountain with three events and a day in his backyard, which is this massive Colorado ranch. 
for uh for a day so that's really cool but um it's fucking crazy he was he was because he was breaking down the events and he goes for another event that i've i've always loved and it's my one of my favorite events but we haven't done it in so long like the last time we did it was the 2015 strongman competition is the hummer tire deadlift which you've probably seen which is where there's four hummer tires on each side of the bar and they have to deadlift it up four on each side so eight total eight total it is around 11 i think it's I don't even know how much it, how much it is. I, I don't even know. I know the log press, the numbers they're looking at for doing the log press overhead is around 1,100 pounds. Uh. <laughs> 1,100 <laughs> pounds, I think, is like the was the conversation of what they're trying to push overhead of what they're doing. I'll try. They do. They do hit 1,000 pounds plus. But the mm-hmm. deadlift, I think, is more than that. It has yeah, to be more than that. That's gross. That's more than I can lift. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man how so how you doing how you feeling it's move week it's been a busy week for you the weather has not been scorching hot which is nice yeah um, that's on your side i've moved the weather was i moved gorgeous. in january and i moved like in um august so horrible times so you chose the perfect time yeah, I've moved in January twice, and then in November once, and now in August, which was, uh, well, technically September September 1st and 2nd, but right. so much better than it could have been. Um, it was uh, sunny and dry and cool for Monday, so it was, like, perfect weather. Like, nice. cloudy, but, like, the Toy Story wallpaper in Andy's room kind of cloudy. Like, perfect <laughs> blue sky with pillowy clouds every yeah, once in a while yeah, like yeah, dotting yeah. the sky um so like good sun coverage it was nice and dry it was in like the mid to high 70s so not too hot um but like not humid at all right uh, and then uh the day after that was just pretty cloudy all day but not too hot and then yesterday down um, all day <laughs> Which was so nice because I was just in this office working and I had the windows wide open and just had that like rainy day vibes. Um, yeah, and then today was hot and stupid. So, but whatever. Yeah. Although it's crazy how it went from 90 degrees plus and humid to fall. It's like <laughs> highs are like 82s, 83s. Yep. It's like, what the fuck happened? Yep. It's what, fall now. What the, yeah. It, now it's fall. It's just yeah. shit. So that's cool. So that's yeah. cool. That's cool. Um, did you do the workout that uh, we agreed that we would both do? No, that was your workout. <laughs> that was my little baby workout because I didn't have any equipment. Yeah, I, I knew. I figured you had no equipment. I didn't do a crazy workout. I did a. I did a mile run for time, mm-hmm. and I'm happy so to say a run, run. I ran, and I'm happy yeah. to say I finally. I'm finally sub eight minutes. I'm like nice seven minutes fifty seven seconds. So like I'm Hell right yeah. right under eight minutes now. But I'm sub eight minute run. And then I did about 20, 20, 25 minutes on the bike, mm-hmm. on the spin bike. Um, that was it. And I just got off and that's it. I just wanted to get the heart going, get the blood flowing. And that was it. Legs, legs feed the wolf. Hey, look at that. <laughs> look at that. <laughs> I'm picking up on the lingo now. Yeah. After look, four look at you. workouts. Becoming a gym rat. Look at you. So, um, so yeah, I, I'm, uh. Uh, I'm feeling all right. You know what's cr- weird, and I uh, mm. something I've noticed today. 
for some reason, ever since I was sick, supposedly with COVID, even though no proof that it was COVID. Mm-hmm. For some reason, ever since I've been in, being in quarantine, anytime I do cardio, any type of cardio, my heart rate always hits a really high number, like mm. 180 to 200. Now, that's not good. 200 is not what I'm supposed to be hitting quite frequently. Nope. But um, it's weird because it, I used to rarely hit those numbers pre-lockdown. So I would have to like acid bath or do like Tabatas on the air assault bike as fast as I could in order to hit like 180 plus. And mm-hmm. now since I've been in, in lockdown and ever since uh, I was really sick, for some reason, my heart rate is always screwed up. Or maybe mm-hmm. my watch is bad. Maybe just my Apple watch is just going. It's a series one, but I don't know. But it's a little weird, little weird thing that I picked up on. It makes me really want to get a physical. Yeah. That's not a bad idea. It also, it could just be that you went from working out, what, like three times a week, four times a week? Uh, four times a week. Including hockey? Five days a week, including hockey. <laughs> so working out five days a week to, I mean, you just straight up didn't for a while. Um, yeah. Like you had probably a month off, at least three weeks off when you were sick. Um, and then a really slow, gradual getting back into it that's a good so, point and i don't have the resources that i i did before so maybe that's why yeah. just my capacity is that much lower right now i yeah. gotta build it back up you aren't going as hard as often um yeah 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 you and know you like completely broke your streak for like you completely broke it you started from zero again. hard break yeah it was a hard break uh you know what else goes hard especially mm. around this time and even further uh car companies <laughs> Car companies, car companies mainly with their advertisements. Yeah. Uh, I don't know the last time you saw or the last, if you can recall, a winter holiday timed car commercial. And I don't know if your family did this a lot. Maybe they did, but my family never did this. You know when like your, your parents buy each other brand new Mercedes G-Wagons or yeah. like fully loaded Dodge trucks. Yeah, that's like every fifth Christmas or so. Yeah, right? Like, I never experienced, A, how to pull that off with sneaking a brand new car uh, onto the premise on, you know, Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, when most, I think most car dealerships are closed those days. Yeah. Um, And having a big-ass bow on it and then somehow hiding the financial side of it. I, I mean, I'm not married, so I don't know what that looks like, but unless they just have a account where they can just you know splurge eighty thousand dollars and nobody will notice um it's really impressive it's it's really really <laughs> impressive I, I mean you don't have one of those accounts no and i've never had one of those christmases where it's just i open a i open this tiny red box or sh- i'm sorry my significant other opens this tiny red box and she, <laughs> her eyes light up in shock she goes what is this and then i gently take her by the shoulders and i steer her to the front window and because she hasn't looked out the front window the entire morning for Christmas. And <laughs> she looks, and right there is just this perfectly polished red bow on top, like BMW M5. Just yeah. beautiful. Or like a 750i class. Just this behemoth of a luxury sedan. Just just sitting there in the snow, but like perfect snow, right? Like mm-hmm. there's no rocks. There's no like salt 
or anything just like that. Brown snow. Exactly. I just I made sure it was packed down, perfect powdered white, and I just was able to somehow drive this car down myself within the past forty eight hours without her noticing. And yeah, um, yeah it was perfect. Yeah, no, that then that, that doesn't happen to me, Chris. Well, I'll tell you how my parents do it. Um, first, you have to have the splurge account easily loaded at any time with 100k at least um they each have to have one of that uh and then you go out you have to buy it in cash right like Mm -hmm. you don't want to be out at the dealership for too long signing a bunch of paperwork so you have to go there ready with cash you got to get it out of the splurge account and then you hide it in one of your garages that you own around town Um, like you just you just have garages that you own extra property around town and it's usually the garage that you go to like smoke your cigars or have like the 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 mom wine night or something like that <laughs> that you hide from the significant other and you hide it there for a while and then christmas morning you you make her look outside y'all look how beautiful the snow is this is so nice and then after she's had her one allotted look outside time you start opening pre- presents and you set up the the activation button for the servant that you employ um to go get the car and pull it up in the driveway and they use the spare key and you put the original oh. key in the box so that sounds easy actually i can't it's believe it's really I easy yeah you make yourself sound really dumb <laughs> is there anything the part more? that i don't know though what 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 i don't know my dad's bow guy i don't know where he gets those huge bows perfect <laughs> never, fluffy sparkly like i have never bows. seen a bow bigger than like three inches diameter <laughs> And he gets these big four-footers. Giant, giant. Perfectly placed, not being blown off by the wind. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's great. But also not sticky enough to leave nasty residue on the new Beamer. Yeah, because you don't want to destroy that clear coat. Look. Yeah, ruin the Christmas. Look, nothing nothing frustrates me more than looking at car commercials. Mm. And I get it. Like, I, I can already picture what it sounds like in the meeting room for the 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 marketing team pitching so here's the idea we're gonna have this we're gonna have this child and it's always it's always kids we're gonna have this child and this child is so happy and and full of peace because they're imagining what it's like to ride an alexis like e-series convertible or whatever or like an f-series coupe and we're going to do cutaways of them daydreaming. And it's going to be this F-Series coupe just taking these corners with the perfect amount of body roll. And, like, the perfect light. Even though it's even though it's sunny out, the lights still cut through. So they're going to be perfect and they're going to be on for no reason. And then we're going to swing around and the kid's going to be running in slow motion. And it's just going to show the... And the car is going to embody the childish freedom and joy that we all wish we felt that the Lexus F-Series can give. And everybody goes, oh, the oh, F-Series oh. now. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, wow. Somebody open the bottle, please. Come on. Oh, oh, pop the bottle. Like, we, we did it. We did it. Like, the best commercial ever. Yeah. It's just, and every commercial has something either like that, or it's something completely ridiculous. And and maybe it's just because I keep seeing these commercials, like, over and over and over, because I, I don't have cable, so when I see commercials, they're just the same things just shoved over and over again in my face. Mm. But I... I'm totally cool with Volvo. I have no problems with Volvos. I think they're fantastic cars. I think they're really well uh, manufactured. I think they have a crazy amount of engineering behind them, and I think they're they're super reliable. I think they're very expensive, and I think they're very heavy. But yep. I am so sick and tired of seeing this video 
this commercial of a family happily running into a Volvo SUV so they can go sightseeing in the SUV just in their neighborhood. And it's like, get out and explore again. It's safe to, to journey with your family. Like, like <laughs> enjoy the freedom of safety. Just and it just shows this kid just like looking out the window, smiling. Like, I can't believe I'm sitting on like Alcantara leather seats in this Volvo XC70. <laughs> and it's just like, you, it just it's so frustrating because it's so it's so cliche and cringy mm. because it's so bad. And all it is is just panoramic shots of cars and children. That's all it is. Yeah. Right. Like. I don't get who those commercials are for. And I like to think, and I'm probably wrong without even knowing it. I'd like to think that I'm not very susceptible to commercials. Like I'm not going to see In general or car commercials? In general, especially car commercials, because I buy a car once every seven years and it's (laughs) the cheapest one with the best gas mileage I can find. Yeah, that's that's Um, perfect. So I'm not looking for that new XC70 to give me back that childlike joy. (laughs) I'm looking for maybe car play, (laughs) (laughs) but, uh, I like to think that I'm not very susceptible to commercials, but like, especially those ones, I'm thinking who's going to see that commercial. And they're obviously not going to decide on the spot because of the commercial to go buy a Volvo. Like there's probably so much research that's been done into it that like, yeah, people aren't just going to go out and buy a Volvo because of this commercial, but they're going to think about it next time they're car shopping. And there's we're going to raise the chance of them buying a Volvo from 6% to 9%. Yeah, and that... <laughs> no, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. There's, there's two commercials that I think embody the way you should do car commercials. Mm-hmm. Um, one, I think it was during a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. It was perfect. It was Jeep. It was a Jeep, uh, Jeep Wrangler. All the commercial was, I think it was maybe eight seconds long. It was the picture of like a little, like, like a, like a big rock side of a river. And then like a little muddy, like, like a beached area. Mm -hmm. All it was, the Jeep goes down the rock through the river up the other side and drives off. And it just says Jeep. And then it just, that's the commercial that was. And I was like, bravo. That that's was a it. pop the champagne moment that, in the, the boardroom. Per- that is perfect. You know why? Because you, you, you did it. You did yeah. it. And that's the commercial that I like. I like, like, I always think if you just show me what the vehicle can do. Cool. You know, like mm-hmm. that's it. Um, the other commercial that I liked, and it was a series. I think they did it for a few years. It was when Dennis Leary had his Ford endorsement. Was it? Yeah, his Ford. It was a Ford mm-hmm. endorsement. And it was for the Ford F-150. And each commercial would show the Ford F-150 doing things with statistics of its like uh, of its results in testing versus other trucks. Mm-hmm. So it'd be like, why do I say Ford? I say Ford because a Ford is going to tow 12,000 pounds of capacity. And it shows a Ford truck pulling uh, like a giant trailer. And as the trailer passes the screen, it pulls up like the numbers for Dodge and GMC and Ooh, everything. Yeah. yeah and it good. goes, why do I want a Ford? It's because I got to get a job done for the day. And sometimes that means I got to carry some more stuff in the truck bed. And it shows like a, a, tr- a Ford F-150 like getting shit dropped into it. And then it like drives off. And as it drives off in the dust, it shows the, like the load capacity of everything else it was it, it perfect perfect yeah and ford just like smacked everybody across the face with that because <laughs> it's just it's just so here's another perfect example of a, a killer commer a killer advertisement mm-hmm. 
Tesla with the Cybertruck. They mm-hmm. took a Ford F-150 and the Cybertruck, and they towed them up to each other. And they saw who could tow, who could pull the other one. Like, they just, yeah. like, gun it. And the Cybertruck just pulls away with the Ford F-150. And that was the only... <laughs> that's all you saw in the video. It was just, go. And the Cybertruck just goes... Boom. And just takes it. And the F-150 is like... Just pulling it like, yeah. like it's now, in neutral. Don't get me wrong. I know there's a whole bunch of physics involved that like allowed that to happen. And Ford actually reached out to Tesla in a public statement and said, we will we will give us the Cybertruck and we'll give it an, F, an F-150 and we'll do a, a battery of tests to the public. And we can have data graphs and we can have full video and we'll show you because I guess apparently like the Cybertruck had a like a height advantage and they had a tire mm. advantage and they had like... Regardless, guess how much fire that video caught, that like (laughs) 10 second, 15 second video was of an F-150 getting smoked by a Cybertruck. Yeah. And honestly, you know who helped? Ford. Yeah. (laughs) And being like, no, 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 let us show you. Yeah. They're like, yeah, Ford is scared of our our electric truck. Exactly. (laughs) So, I mean, for me, those commercials, if they just showed what they're capable of, which I understand is really hard to do, but Honda did a a great, a a great, uh, uh, season of this where they showed their assist their like safety assist stuff that they put in their cars mm-hmm. where it just shows somebody like backing up and then like whoop, the car auto stops because the kid runs across or yeah lane assist and like somebody's drifting as they're like checking like i don't know their drink or something and then it shows the car like pull, pulling back in accurate like a lot of car companies do it but they don't do it all the time and they always eventually resort to this weird cheap child joy and wonder like I think it was Lexus. I think I think it's all Lexus. I think Lexus did this one too. Where <laughs> there's a just hate Lexus commercials. <laughs> there's a kid who's daydreaming in his bed, and he's surrounded with posters on his wall of Formula One cars. Mm. And then he and then and then he runs to his window and looks out, and like nothing's there. It's just an empty driveway. And then it shows him mm. as a teenager on Christmas morning, and he runs to the window, and nothing's there. And then it shows him as a young adult and he runs through the window and nothing's there. And then finally he's in his like 40s or 50s and he he just peeks out the window. He's he lost the joy, you see. He yeah. lost the he lost the element of surprise that Santa didn't bring him an F-series coupe. So <laughs> he finally just warily looks out the window and sure enough is a bright red F-series Lexus coupe 2019 fully loaded spec out like catback exhaust whatever um fucking car and it's just do you think this kid was dreaming about a 2019 lexus f-series coupe back when he was a kid in single digits in his bed yes that is what that commercial is leading you to believe this is the car you've been dreaming of and maybe i'm taking it to puberty maybe i'm taking it too literally and it's supposed to be just no he was looking for that joy and excitement of a fast car that brings you know a spirited ride to the driver just okay like i didn't get that message but i i know i get it it's just no i like that jeep commercial and i do like those honda ones too because i do i'm i'm fascinating with commercials i hate them and i pay a lot of services to not show me commercials like i pay for the extra hulu and i pay for youtube premium and i split it with my friends i mean family if you're listening to this google it's my family right we all have different last names but um uh i hate commercials but they're fascinating because it's totally a 
it's a numbers game of we're not going to make somebody go out and buy this. Like they're not going to see the flex seal or the flex tape commercial and be like, I need this right now. Although I guess infomercials are meant to just make you go from zero to a hundred buying it right now. But I saw this boat in half. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I taped it back together. Um, but a lot of those commercials are, they're about like raising the percentages. Like this person has a 2% chance of buying a Lexus, but they're going to see this commercial and maybe they're the person who ran to the window every year and (laughs) took a peek. And this commercial is going to be like, Hey, uh, Tim Frankfurter in like Washburn, Virginia, this is your commercial. Uh, and he's going to rock it up to a 15% chance of buying a Tesla. It's all about those little percentage points. And the more little tiny percentage points you could add up based on how many people see this commercial, the better. Um, but I like to think for me, I'm a, a very defiant person. So when I see a commercial and it's not, and it's like intrusive in any way, I make a mental effort to either never buy that thing or buy it less than I currently do. So here's a question. Is there any commercial you can recall that worked um yeah but like it's recently for like recently i'm not saying like you know five years ago when you saw like a like a like a taco enchilada burrito mixture combo meal and you went oh, oh i gotta get that i mean like within the past like year maybe two i was literally gonna say the doritos loco taco <laughs> <laughs> no no. And I'm so mad right now. No. <laughs> Dubs, maybe you don't understand. They made a taco made out of a Dorito. Oh my God. <laughs> That's what I used to do when we would have Mexican night at my family, at my house. I would go grab the Doritos from on top of the fridge and make a little <laughs> triangle Dorito sandwich. And my dad would be like, stop playing with your food. I'm like, I'm not. I'm innovating. And Taco Bell said, we hear you, Chris. Here's what you want in full size. That's the last time com- like advertisements and commercials and marketing worked for you? That's No, I was thinking of like the things that do work on me are like dumb little things. Like, hey, we made a, um, we made a baked Lay's potato chip that tastes like Nashville hot chicken. And I was like, all right, that sounds dumb. And then I go to Target. I'm like, oh, yeah, I saw a commercial for that in the cart. Got to try it. It's really bad, by the way. Don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. So, all right. All right. But so, I hate, food. So, it's I food hate. stuff. So, it's food. I guess food. Yeah. Uh, I can't think of many other things. There are some times when, like, there's a game or a movie that I'm looking forward to, and I forget that it's, like, close to coming out or out. Like a uh, perfect example, this hasn't happened yet, but when it does happen, this will be a perfect example. Uh, I am excited for Assassin's Creed Valhalla. I haven't played an Assassin's Creed game in a while. I think they jumped the ship, but I love Viking ship, Viking shit, and I eat that shit up. Yeah. Um. So that's on my radar. I have no idea when it comes out. I think soon-ish, maybe this year, maybe next year. I don't know. But when it comes out, there's going to be a commercial for it that I'm going to see on YouTube or some banner on some website that I go to. I'm going to be like, oh shit, that's out. And then I'm going to download it a couple days after that. You know what works on me? Hmm. Not commercials. Commercials don't work on me. Um, hmm. They make me hate the product. Yes. It's just, I 
flat out, we interrupted your Rick and Morty to show you this inspirational commercial about how McDonald's is staying strong during these difficult times in 2020 and how you should buy more McDonald's because of our positive message. Exactly. What works on me are sales. Okay. When I get a sale, like email or notification, that always perks my interest. So, for example, I always hated Duluth Trading Company because I hated their just for men. It's tough, darn tough underwear. Because you know why? Because you're a tough man, which means you need tough underwear. Duluth Trading. Tough underwear. So, I fucking hated their marketing. I fucking hated hated their, their... Their... target demographic yeah. methods I, I i just i couldn't stand it but i found out that they had a really good deal it was i think they because they do it periodically they're doing it right now because i just bought a whole bunch of shit from them they mm. do a 70 to 75 percent off sale i believe it is and i forget what oh yeah when i was chainsawing uh from the tornado damage last year i realized i didn't have the proper boots and pants and jacket that I needed. Like I didn't have the proper clothes for those things. Mm-hmm. So I got proper work boots that are like chainsaw. Okay. And stuff like that. But I was thinking, I don't want to wear jeans because that's, that's just not what they're meant for. And they're not, they're going to get gross when they get wet. If it's in a storm, I want to mm-hmm. be comfortable when I do this and looking at all the standards, you know, REI, Eddie Bauer, LL Bean, their warranties are this and that, and the prices are this and that. And then I found Duluth Trading has an amazing warranty. It's a, if you're upset with it, bring it in and we got you kind of warranty. And I was like, those warranties don't exist anymore. I'm going to research some Duluth. I waited for a crazy sale. It was a holiday sale. I went ahead and bought their shit. And out of nowhere, they are great. Great. And granted, I only buy their stuff when it's like a 50 to 70% off clearance sale. Um, Mm -hmm. But I stand by there when they say at least I don't I don't buy their fashion stuff because they do have stuff like trying to be fashionable. Yeah, I don't buy that. But there's stuff for work. I think I've showed you. I I said, hey, yeah, yeah, and you felt it. You're like, oh, shit, that's thick. That's tough. That's that's tough. Yeah. um, (laughs) Yeah. I'm I'm a fan. I am a fan. I'm a fan. I'm a huge fan of their underwear. I know you hate the fact I spend twelve bucks on one piece of underwear. I know you hate That's that. Absurd. But That's they more are. Than I spend on a three pack. But they are fantastic. They are tough. They are moisture wicking, breathable. Uh, they have a lifetime warranty. All that shit. Like they're great. And I bought another pair because guess what? It was seventy percent off. So I got another pair. Um, yeah. So sales get me. You know, yeah. I never bought anything from J. Crew ever my entire life. I don't think I ever personally purchased anything from J. Crew. I maybe mm-hmm. got some as gifts, never walked in the store and said, I'm going to buy some. I want to spend $95 on a polo right now. Or I think 110 bucks for a pair of shorts is a smart thing to do. But they had a bankruptcy sale where I was able to get shit for literally. 80 to 90 percent off where i got five pairs of shorts for i think a total of 40 bucks yeah that's incredible and guess what i'm a big fan of j crew when it's cost (laughs) me that much like and that's kind of how i shop but that's what grabs my attention when you give me a bargain you give me a deal you give me a good reason to walk through the door and keep me there oh i'm i'm fucking in like i have comfortable boy yep (laughs) 
Exactly. I have I have perfect fitting, well priced shorts from a, a, a high quality place like J. Crew. I'm in. You give me like a lifetime warranty with a, a fair amount off on on clearance from a place like Duluth. I'm in. You get yeah. me. You know, there's there's even good deals at uh, at Costco that I like. You know, mm-hmm. I bought a uh, I bought a jacket that I speaking of shit. I just got a promo from a promo email. Um, <laughs> I bought like a winter jacket that I don't care if I if it just gets completely destroyed by things. And yeah, that was, I think, 20 bucks, maybe 30. And it's fantastic. I, I paint I did uh, I did like woodwork and painting pretty much in the winter in that thing. Got paint all over it. I, I got splinters <laughs> shoved into the things that like almost went through. Like totally fine, totally yeah. fine. It's great. It's great. I like that. So yeah. So for me, that works. The 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 car commercials they just they just anger me. Yeah. Just the targeted commercials. Like if like if Lexus wanted to get me, all you have to do is take your F series coupe, show it going down a strip, and say zero to sixty in five point two seconds. Then show mm-hmm. it braking and say braking ability at like a hundred feet is blah 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 per second pounds per second, uh, mm-hmm. like like sixty to nothing at like in two point seven seconds, and then show like somebody loading it up with suitcases and people getting in and saying load capacity is five thousand pounds. Show it taking turns and saying like like G force and turns is going to be at twenty seven Gs or twenty seven whatever, and then it's just at the very end just have it come up and stop. Somebody gets out, closes the door, beep beep. Show me what it sounds and looks like when you lock it. <laughs> when you lock it, yeah, like beep beep. That's it. Let me see. Let me see yeah. the lights flash and then just say like available come November zero percent APR or hundred dollars cash back, whatever. It's like total cost is going to be blah blah blah. And then interesting. And then on the side on, on the bottom, don't say all this weird like blah blah blah. If you go to your dealer now and you ask for blah blah blah, I'll just say these are the trims. This is the cost per trim. And that's mm. it. If you want more, go to Lexus.com. Interesting. Imagine I want to make co- a car commercial that works for you. Imagine if all, all car commercials were like that. Hmm. How much more efficient would they be? I mean, yeah, for <laughs> me, they would be. I like, I also, I really appreciate a really well-made commercial. Like, let me hit you with this one. A combination of all those things that you were just saying with the simplicity of those Honda commercials that just show off, like, one aspect of it. It's an overhead view. It's like on a on a, an airplane or an airport tarmac or something. Some big stretch of pavement. Are you making this wide up? Wide open. I'm making this up okay, off the top okay. of my head. Tarmac. Okay. Some car that's a lexus f-series whatever and it's on the right side of the screen and it's really tall it's really far away it's really small that's that's what i meant to say because you're it's like a drone shot or a helicopter shot and you're like a couple hundred feet in the air and it's sitting there and it says like the new lexus or no it doesn't even say that yet it's just starts going it like you see a, a puff of smoke come out of the back of the wheels and it starts going and as it drives behind it appear the words like zero to 60 in 5.2 seconds and then uh a, maybe a little speedometer at the bottom of the screen like zero 60 or whatever and then it just slams on the brake and you see another puff of smoke come out of it and it like completely breaks before it gets to the left edge of the screen and then it says 60 to zero in this many seconds or whatever and that's all it says and then it says like the new lexus <laughs> that's that whole commercial that's pretty good and then and then like the next commercial oh you ready for this okay oh next man. commercial i'm also making this up it's like a a picture of a it's like a, a famous bobblehead it's like betty boop or something or like a 
a Hawaiian dancer, like a dash cam dancer. Uh, like, you know, one of the, like the little Hulu, uh, Hula dancers. Yeah. Um, and like, instead of just bobbling back and forth, she's like bobbling, but like completely spinning over to one side and then like shifting back all the way over to the other side, like very slowly bobbling. And then it zooms out and you see this Lexus just like, <laughs> like weaving through like a mountain road and it's like taking these turners. And, and then it says something about like the, the capacity, like the turning radius and the grip that it has or something as it zooms out the camera pulls back and you see the hands of the person driving and you see that the thing was just on the dashboard and then when it gets to the back seat the words are written like on the back of the uh the passenger the the driver's seat and it just says like turning radius i don't know car stats we should we should just get into marketing i think we should i think, I think we, we can do it i think we got yeah. this i think we got this but okay, so clearly we're marketing savants, and that's now well known. So anybody who wants to pay us lots and lots of money to make commercials for you, we will do it. Pitch yeah. ideas. However, are you able to decipher cologne commercials? Absolutely not. Because cologne I, commercials are bullshit. I really can't. So there's one that always gets me, and I don't. I still don't understand it. It's a Johnny yeah. Depp one. Sure. And I think it's. I don't even know who it's with off the top of my head. Let's just say Chanel. That's not effective then. Let's just say Chanel, right? Right, because I, I have no idea. Um, say Johnny Depp Cologne. Yeah. Have you seen uh, this commercial? Sauvage. Sauvage. Yes. By uh, Christian Dior. Okay, or, so it's it's Dior. Yeah. Okay. Dior. It's Dior. So it's Christian Dior. It's Sauvage Eau de Parfum. Have you seen this commercial? No, I'm going to look it up right now, oh, it's, but keep going. Okay. Actually, you know what? I want you to watch it and tell me what you think it's about. Okay. It's in a city. It's in a dark city, right? Okay. Yep. And he's playing a uh, Gibson Les Paul Ooh. Uh, in a dark room. Yep. He's actually not playing it. He's just kind of hitting it and rubbing the strings. Yep. And then there's a car. What is this? A Camaro? Charger. No, a charger. Camaro. Yeah, that's a Charger. Now he's in the Charger and he's driving down this empty highway. They had to close that. Now he's in Texas. He's in the oil fields in Texas. <laughs> he's still driving. He looks really angry. He's passing a buffalo on the street. One he's buffalo. looking at it. He's giving it a glare. Yeah. One buffalo. A bison. This is the Stylo music video from Gorillas with Bruce Willis. Uh, but now he's in the desert. I think this is going to transition into Rango. Uh, he's going to switch into CGI chameleon. There's a coyote on his car now, and he's digging a hole with a shovel. He's really bad at digging. He got dirt all over himself. He's burying a rosary, and he's burying all his jewelry. And I think a human skull. I don't know what that was. Uh, now he's standing up, and there's a panorama in the sky of the clouds moving very quickly. He has a tear in his eye, and he looked at a rock, and it said Sauvage by Dior. <laughs> So what is it about? Tell me the story behind this commercial. We we need to figure out what this smells like by the commercial, and then you and I need to go to Macy's or something. Yes. And record a mini segment for the next episode. For the gram. For the gram. Yeah. Uh god damn, what does that smell like? Okay, so he started in a city and he was he was uh, doing stroking. something to a guitar. Stroking. Stroking and tapping a guitar. Um, damn, I didn't realize how many tattoos he had. Um, he was doing something to a guitar. It was at night. He got in his charger. He drove over the bridge. He ended up in the desert. He dug a hole and he buried all his jewelry. He passed jewelry. a buffalo, a single buffalo. 
past a buffalo and then there was a coyote and then i think a raven or something flew in front of the camera at one point and then he saw a rock that made him really happy and he cried it smells musky a little musky but not too much um maybe a little bit like like not charcoal but like embers oh so you're going for okay okay keep going Uh, i like this keep going embers it's it's like a I'm trying to pick up that like desert dryness like there's that certain like tang that the desert smells like dirt. i don't know have you ever been to the hot desert dirt. yeah like, yeah hot dirt that, smells a little bit like hot dirt that hot dirt um <laughs> and then uh a little bit like gasoline because that charger are you just that taking me- each item of the commercial and just putting it into a fragrance I don't, I don't know what else. It smells kind of like buried jewelry. You like, you know that smell when you bury all your jewelry, <laughs> and just like a little note of human skull. Okay, I think it smells. Um, okay, okay, I think it smells like Windex. <laughs> no, I think it smells actually light i think it's gonna i think it's savage savage i think it smells a little floral there's mm-hmm. slight floral notes i think there's a hint of i want to say some some woodiness like yeah like uh like a sandalwood like a sandalwood way yeah just not a lot but like just a little bit because uh, i'm imagining this thing it's not like an amber colored cologne i imagine this being a darker cologne yeah it's in a bottle that transitions it's a gradient from black on top to clear on the bottom so it is clear it's a clear cologne okay oh okay um i'm gonna say a little a uh, 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 hint of sandalwood Floral notes, I don't know what kind of floral notes, but I want to say it's not as heavy as you may think. I want to say this is very close to like a Calvin Klein uh, men okay. cologne. Um, I, I want to say it's... So I don't know if you know this, but I went through a cologne phase. And sure, I, I have did not a, know that. I have a nice collection of colognes. Um, <laughs> don't have to get into them, but... That doesn't mean I know colognes. It just means I read a lot about colognes and the timing of the year of when you should have one cologne over another and what occasion. So I have like a I have a fancy I have a fancy cologne for when I dress up. I have a work casual cologne. I have a summer cologne. I have a winter cologne. I have a uh, a cologne that I wear on dates. I have very specific colognes. Um, and I want to say Sauvage smells like at least one of them. <laughs> Probably. Um, I cheated. I went to the Dior website and I'm reading the description. Wait, 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 wait. Don't, don't spoil it. Okay. I'm going to say some, there's wood, there's notes of woodiness. There's a woodiness to it. I want to say there's floral notes to it. And I want to say there's something that enhances like... The sharpness of it. I don't know what that would be, like juniper or something like that, but that's what I'm going to say. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. Oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> so I'm going to read the description. Sauvage is a creation inspired by wide open spaces, a blue sky that dominates a white, hot, rocky landscape, hot dirt, 
point goes to Chris. <laughs> <laughs> a bold composition for a man that's authentic. To create Savage, I use the concept of a man as my starting point. A strong and unmistakable masculinity, <laughs> like the Muskiness. image of a man who transcends time and fashion. So, musky hot dirt. <laughs> um, perfumer's word to create Savage. No, here we already said that. Uh, olfactory notes. There's two things that it calls out. One is Ambroxan, which has the registered trademark symbol after it. So, I think that's a Dior thing. Uh, I think the image that they're showing is like amber or like sap dripping out of either a very close-up image of a rock or a tree. It's very <laughs> close up. But an ingredient of natural origin derived from precious ambergris. It unfurls its marine woody notes as <gasps> vivifying as ocean spray with the subtle attraction of sun-bleached driftwood. <gasps> it leaves a distinguished trail that never fades. So yeah like driftwood woodiness. kind of like salty ocean air woodiness um, but wood yeah woodiness and then uh bergamo from reggio de calabria for the house of dior francis damashi chose an exclusive bergamo that he shaped with local producers to attain a custom signature his bergamo is a whirlwind of juicy freshness that seems to sweep up everything in its path path drenched in its calabrian sun it's fruitier uh, it is fruitier and develops unique, slightly peppery and zesty facets. Ooh. I did say uh, something sharp, right? I said there's a sharpness to it. Yeah. Um, wow. I tried to get a hint from the uh, ingredients. It's number one, alcohol. Number two, uh, parfum or fragrance. Uh, and then water. And then chemicals that I can't pronounce. <laughs> So we don't know really what it smells like, other than so fruity, woody, uh, hot dirt. Yeah, yeah. The, the two olfactory notes is ambroxan, which is the driftwoody stuff, and then what is bergamot? Is that a wine? Bergamot? No, yeah. no, no, no. I think that's uh, an herb. They're showing a picture of a, a cut open lemon on a slate, like a rock, uh, and then like some. I think pepper. No, it's it. a, it's 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 uh uh it's an oily substance from the rind of fruits. Okay, and so the picture. This is kind of cool. The picture that they're showing is like a slate rock, like a dark blue slate, um, with a cut open lemon. Um, it's cut in half and it's sitting on there, and there's like cracked black pepper on the lemon. So like, I kind of I I get it. I know what that smells like peppery lemony and then uh sap pouring out of some driftwood i'm down i and i kind of want it <laughs> i'm gonna laugh if it's some badass <laughs> cologne yeah that we're just completely making fun of when i googled it johnny depp cologne uh what came up before the dr website which i'm sure they love is that they're under fire for the commercial being racist so the commercial <laughs> that i just described um which i mean it's racist against i don't I don't know. Against Johnny Depp or the Buffalo? Who knows? Um, Johnny Depp, cologne, racism. <laughs> Johnny Depp defends controversial cologne campaign filmed in Utah. Um, ba -ba -ba, promotion. It's so deeply offensive and racist, says Crystal Echo Hawk, CEO of the media watchdog group Illumin Illuminative. I don't know how anyone in 2019 can think a campaign like this can go down well. Um, this has to be satirical. It has to be a, 
a joke. Oh no. Uh, like native American, uh, wandering through the desert as native Americans performed a war dance in traditional dress. Depp said the, we didn't see that. Um, you did not mention anything about, it was the coyote, the Buffalo, the Hawk. He took off and buried his jewelry, which could have been a native American thing. I'm not sure. Uh, they worked with Native American consultants on the project, so they knew what they were doing was Native oh. American. Oh, and sauvage uh, is the French word for savage. savage. Oh, that I knew. <laughs> so, maybe. It's maybe a little racist, and it smells like hot dirt. Now that you uh, mentioned all those points, it yeah has a, has a, has a oily drop of fragrance of racism in it. Yes, yes. <laughs> um... <laughs> What do you think it's about? What? That commercial. I don't understand what it's about. How does that mean? Because it's supposed to be the savage of being a man. Mm-hmm. I don't... Yeah, being, being a badass, living the life of Johnny Depp, having a charger in a New York City apartment where you could just touch this Les Paul, uh, and then giving that up and going to be out in the wilderness and doing this Native American ritual and being one with wilderness. You is that what it is? Like is, that, that. is that him stripping himself from the material beliefs of what masculinity is, such as the charger? Literally, literally stripping himself. <laughs> he leaves the city and takes off all of his jewelry. And I think some of his clothes. I think he may have been wearing more clothes in the beginning. We didn't see him take off his clothes, but maybe he like, took off his tie if he was wearing one or something. <laughs> You know what's funny? I never understood this commercial. I've been seeing it for years, and now I think I understand it. So it is. It's him becoming the primal essence of being a man, and that is being yeah. a savage. Being a savage fuck. You yeah. know what I mean? Like <laughs> That was the original name of the cologne. <laughs> savage fuck. <laughs> uh, no, so here's here's my thoughts on it. I think maybe we get it now. I'm pretty confident that we get this commercial. Uh, it's a bad commercial because you said you've been seeing it for years and you yeah. just thought it was dumb. I just thought it was dumb, yeah. Um, this episode, we should mention that this episode is brought to you by Savage by Dior. Savage. <laughs> <So laughs> now Sauvage, that you all get it, go buy it. by Christian Dior. Yeah. yeah. Um... I always I say eau de parfum like that because that's how they say it in the commercial. Because, oh, I know. Yeah, because at the very end, if you didn't hear it, I don't know if you heard it through the headphones, mm-hmm. but that's how that's what they do at the end. They just go yeah. eau de parfum. Yeah, eau de parfum, savage. Like that's it. Yeah. So okay, cool. So he strips himself of of the modern pers- of the city of the modern or just the modern um, image of being a man. You know, mm-hmm. being a rich guy in a city with a Gibson Les Paul, like a standard, those unreasonable $5,000 guitars. And then mm-hmm. he gets into like a fully loaded ST charger, you know, for no reason. What is that? sixty, seventy thousand dollars 70000 Then he just peels away and he passes this massive animal, the bison, this this creature that, that ruled North America. And he stares at it for some reason. And then he drives into the desert, surrounded by nothingness. And then he digs a hole where he wants to, to remove the things that make up the image of who he is. Maybe he threw his car keys in there. We don't know. But he Ooh. put everything in there. Now he's going to ride that bison back to civilization. <laughs> I guess. I don't, I don't have another. 
I don't have another way to interpret it, but I, I kind of get it now. I, I think I kind of get it. Yeah. I think I kind of get did, it. He defended it, which I uh, the article made it seem like he isn't usually one to come out and defend things that people find offensive about things that he does. But he went out of his way to defend this one, saying, like, we know exactly what this commercial is, and we didn't mean it in any offensive way. And, like, if you're seeing it in an offensive way, you're not seeing it the way that we were thinking behind filming it. You which... know, you want to talk about offensive ways. Uh, okay. Do I? <laughs> you want to talk about offensive ways. Let's talk about a guy who tries to avoid that shit named sure. Jim Gaffigan. Yeah, you actually, you said something. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, when you were talking about Duluth, it's for men. <laughs> the way the way you were talking reminded me of Jim Gaffigan. Really? <laughs> Just buy it because you're a man. <laughs> <laughs> you're not manly unless you buy it yeah um so for those who don't know uh jim gaffin is jim gaffigan is a family-friendly stand-up comedian um who's been portrayed as being kind of comedy's nice guy the guy he's known for his famous hot pockets uh bit and um yeah. he's a very funny guy he's an actor he's a writer um, I'm pretty sure he's a producer as well, but the thing with Jim Gaffigan is that he is a very devout Christian family man. I think he has a, mm. like five kids or some crazy shit. And out of nowhere the other day, and I remember because I, I, I follow him, so out yeah. of nowhere, he starts blowing up. And I think it was on, I think the second or th- the second night, I think the second night of the RNC. Yeah. The Republican National Convention. Yep. And he blows up out of nowhere. And he just unloads. <laughs> it wasn't just <laughs> one tweet. It was a night of tweets to the point yeah. where the next day he put out like a four paragraph statement on Facebook to say, yeah. for those wondering about my about my rant last night, just so you know. And then he goes into his reasonings for it. Yeah. And... He was on the uh, Your Mom's House podcast with Christina Pajinski and Oh, really? Yeah. And um, wow, I almost said Burt Kreischer just because it's hilarious. Tom Segura. And they mentioned it to him. Christina and, and Tom both said, you're known as being the clean guy, the nice guy. And yeah. Jim goes, I know, but people keep thinking I'm not. People keep thinking my act is who I am. Mm. all the time and he goes like i totally swear i totally do like he's like he goes i'm not a dirty comedian because i just don't like doing those bits or i don't write those bits but it's not like i think like that 24 7 i'm not this purity guy you know and he swears on the podcast just to prove it he goes you're out of your fucking minds if you think i just don't swear outside of <laughs> he was like i have five fucking kids you think i don't swear to myself or i swear to my wife about stuff like of course i i i'm not the the squeaky clean image that people portray me as but that's the whole that's the kind of the hole i've i put myself into with his yeah. comedy um yeah i think and this kind of goes, I think, with the theme of everything going on in the world when it comes to politics, which we don't want to get into on the politics side because politics are just bleh. But yeah. for those people saying, keep politics out of sports and keep politics out of my comedy and keep politics out of everything, it's like, well, too bad because politics is in everything. 
So mm. <laughs> like, I I don't know what I don't know what you expect here. Do you expect these people to not have an opinion on the things that shape their day-to-day lives and impact them or the people they care about? Like they're going to yeah. have opinions because they're people first, then they're stand comedians. They're people first and then they're famous athletes. They're people mm-hmm. first and then there's then they're celebrity actors. They're people first and then and I, we can go down the fucking line here. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But um let me tell you, when I saw Jim Gaffigan going off, I, w- I was stretching. I remember I was, I think, post-workout stretching, and I saw it, and I went, oh, he's, he snapped. Like, he's going in. Oh, Jim, Jimmy boy, he's going in. Yeah. Um, did you see that shit live or no? Did you just hear about it afterwards? Pretty live. Um, my aunt, who my aunt and I love Jim Gaffigan. We used to watch all his specials together. Um, They're good. He doesn't have a bad special. Yeah. Every special yeah, he has really. hits. He like knocks it out every time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but we are we have very similar mindsets about a lot of things. So she was like, Oh my god, have you seen this? <laughs> and I looked at it and I was like, Oh wow, because I think I saw like the first the first of his tweet the first tweet of his rant. <laughs> I was like, Wow. And she was like and I responded too quickly to have read the whole thing and she's like, Did you read the whole thing? And I was like, The whole thing? And she's like, Read his whole thread. <laughs> And I just kept going and I was like, whoa. So, and it was like an hour or two after he had posted it. So I saw it pretty live and then he just kept going. And then the next day he kept going and kept going. And I kept getting updates from her. And I was like, at this point I'm following him. Like (laughs) I started following him and like, I'm keeping up with this just because it's like, it's very interesting to see. Uh, And it is, isn't it? It's yeah, it's interesting to see someone like this who is so apolitical and yes, neutral, uh, squeaky neutral, and I feel like has a lot of fans on both sides, yes, completely taking a side. Uh, and a lot of people are saying he's gonna lose fans. Um, he even acknowledged that in his Facebook statement, he, he goes, He did, he said, and people saying I'm gonna lose fans. Oh well, I'll lose fans. <laughs> like he doesn't. Yeah. He didn't. He doesn't care. Yeah. Um. It's it's. Uh. To those to those of you who think I'm destroying my career, wake up. If Trump gets elected, the economy will never come back. So, that's mm. that's what it is. When you were saying like these people are people first and comedians second, people first, sports uh, players second. But it's like the even their job, their comedian second in quotes is affected by these political things. So like he, as a person and as a comedian, he has, uh, like he has a hat in in this, this race and he cares about it obviously very deeply. Uh, and it just came out of nowhere. It was shocking to see because he's, and I'm like scrolling through his Twitter thing and occasionally he'll share his thoughts on some dumb thing, but it's usually just jokes here and there and, Oh, it's great seeing all these people, and here's a tweet about my wife, and here's an old video of me from the 90s, and, and here's then, a link to my YouTube channel, yeah. and then... Yeah, then it just exploded. <laughs> I think it's... it's uh, I think it's very admirable for... I think anybody who has a position like he does, yeah. or did, a position he, he had... Um, yeah. Where you like Michael Jordan? I don't know if you know this because you probably haven't watched The Last Dance yet. Like I said, you should. But Michael Jordan is very famous, and they touch on this in The Last Dance about how Michael Jordan, during his playing career, and even after his playing career, 
for the most part, was heavily apolitical on purpose. Mm. Mm-hmm. And there's a famous quote by him when they said something like, well, aren't you going to say something about what they're what the Republicans are doing with X, Y, and Z? And he says, hey, man, Republicans need shoes, too. Like, yeah. in reference to his his Jordan sneakers, you know? Like, Republicans buy shoes, too, man. Yeah. So, that was a situation which kind of garnered a little bit of a spiteful response of people saying he it, he's playing it as... Well, I mean, he's playing it like he should if you want to make money, which is you're playing it to your clientele, your demographic, which is people who want to buy shoes. And if Mm -hmm. you come out and you say something that you know is going to anger 40 to 50 percent of the people who buy your shoes, you just lost half of your clientele. You just lost half of your market. So I think it's very smart. Um, The Rock does this, too. I don't know. I don't Mm -hmm. know if you follow The Rock on Instagram. I do. He never comes out politically. Mm-hmm. The most he I've seen him come out politically was with the COVID stuff. I think month four mm-hmm. into the shutdown or month three, he came out and he said he just said he didn't even say anything like about somebody uh, politically. He just said and it was titled, where are you? Mm, and it was just, I saw this whole thing. You know, he's just like, where are you? Like, we just we just need a leader. We just need somebody to bring us together, unite us and to not divide us. Where yeah. are you? We need somebody to to spearhead the response properly and to bring us all together. Like where like it is, you know, it's directed towards the leader of the country he's a citizen of. Yeah. Trump, you know, obviously. But he made it a point to just say, I'm not saying you're a horrible person. I'm not saying you're the great Nazi leader of twenty twenty. I'm not saying anything to smear you. I'm judging you as a leader. <laughs> And I'm yeah. saying, from my place as a citizen, lead us. Yeah, lead us in this situation. He's almost giving an inspirational Dwayne the Rock Johnson speech. Yeah, to to like, to Trump. Like that's basically yeah. what it was. Because guess what? Because <laughs> nobody came out and said, "Oh, you said fuck Trump and you said fuck Republicans." Bleh. Just no. He never said that. He just said, "I just want somebody to lead. I want somebody yeah. to properly respond to the situation moving forward. I want somebody to keep our." our health and safety and our best interest. I want somebody to unite us and not divide us on, on how to keep each other safe as Americans to be America with as one country. And like, that's all he said in the, and it was a long video. It was like a four or mm-hmm. five minute video of him kind yeah, of I remember that. doing it. Did you send me that? I, I don't think you so. send me that or I saw it. Yeah. But, uh, yeah I mean, it was, um, it was a big deal because it was the most, it was the closest he's come to saying anything political. Yeah, because he's the same way. He's like he he's got Project Rock with Under Armour. He's got his own movies. He's got his own stuff going on. Like he has a brand, and and why would you fuck up your brand? So when yeah, people he has like a, probably has a contract that says he has to stay apolitical. <laughs> maybe I mean he's also keep in mind he has he he has his own tequila. Like I have his tequila. It's actually pretty good. Um, mm-hmm. He. He's a huge supporter of veterans. He's been on record of doing many great acts for veterans. He's mm-hmm. a big supporter of uh, the police and firefighters. There's mm-hmm. there's videos and pictures of him doing stuff for all that stuff. You know what I mean? But he never yeah. comes out and says anything about if he's Republican or Democrat, if he's Libertarian or Green Party. He doesn't say yeah. anything political. He's just, hey, man, like be proud of uh, I'm proud of being American and I'm proud of people who support America. And that's like the most he'll say, which is fine. Yeah. But then you have Jim Gaffigan coming out, literally blowing his top off. And yeah. I, I just want to say, like, 
like like regardless of 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 I guess your political spectrum when it comes to having an outburst like that when you're somebody in the spotlight. I just wanted to say that I think it's very admirable when somebody is willing to take a stand on their political stance. And this isn't a mm-hmm. shot at The Rock for any reason of what he's done or Michael Jordan for what he's done because I understand they both run a brand and a business. But yeah. you got to admire when somebody does that. When, yeah. Especially somebody like Gaffigan who openly admits like, yeah, I know. I, I know exactly what this does to my brand as a mm-hmm. comedian. Taylor Swift, I don't know if you watched her Swift documentary on Netflix like I did, but uh, mm-hmm. that was also really interesting because she was famously apolitical for a very long time. And when she finally came out to be political, I want to say 2015, 2016, I think, mm-hmm. um, or maybe 2017, but it was back in uh, Tennessee. She was, it was some kind of, of uh, state voting situation and she came out in favor of somebody of a, mm-hmm. of a Democrat, which is, of course, you know, not what you expect in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Um, and it shows behind the scenes of that prep before she tweeted that out. And that uh, was a crazy thing to watch. She had her publicist. She had her social media manager. And they were like, and, and Taylor's there saying, look, I know this is probably like the dangerous thing to do, but I can't let this go by about my principles, my values as a citizen. I don't want this person because they want to take away gay rights. They want to take away, you know, women's choices. They want to do these things that I think are freedoms for us and they're going to take it away. I need to do this. And one of the things that her social media or her publicist says is you need to be prepared for the probability that you're going to get attacked by the president. (laughs) Like you got to know that you're going to have to have to handle the fallout of being tweeted at by the president. And I think she said yeah. something like, good, fuck him. <laughs> like, whatever. I don't give it. I don't know. I th- actually, I think her exact verbiage was, I don't give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> and then and then she was she was saying, I know everybody's saying, look what happened to the Dixie Chips. Dixie Chicks. Look what happened to the powerhouse, a, a female powerhouse in country, country mm-hmm. music. And look what happened to, her, to them. And they got ripped yeah. apart. And well, they went hard. Oh, they did not just say, like, vote for this person. They were like, fuck, fuck Bush and fuck all this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, yes, they went hard in the paint. But they were saying to her, and I, you should at least YouTube that scene or find it in, yeah. the, in the show on Netflix. Because it's a really tense scene to see how her dad handles it, too. Because her yeah. dad is there. And because her, her dad's part of her management team. And he goes, he, he goes I, wish you, I hope you don't do this. And she mm-hmm. goes, I have to. He goes, I understand that. But like, do you think, and he says, I remember, I remember being surprised, but it makes sense. He goes, do you think I enjoy researching armored vehicles for you? Cause I know you're going to say this and I don't know what's going to happen <laughs> because you say this and what's going to happen to you. Yeah. Like, and that's the truth. And he goes, I don't enjoy that. None of us yeah. here enjoy that. We're not happy about the possible fallout of you doing this. He goes, I understand you're an adult and need to do what you need to do. But as your father, I am not thrilled about the possibility of your security at being at risk because yeah. you're going to piss somebody off who wants to exercise their their rights and freedoms and come after yeah. you for saying something bad about a republican yeah like it's a crazy scene so i think everybody needs to look at these people as people first and then you know their their jobs because that's what they are yeah. like <laughs> that's where we all are we're all people first and then we're our 
job description, whether that's yeah. you're in the military or law enforcement, whether that's you're a politician or a nurse, whether that's your teacher or you, you fix computers or you're a bank accountant. You know what I mean? Like you're a person first. Yeah. You know? It's, uh, yeah, it's a very interesting world that I think luckily we don't have to deal with. Like that whole, all the care that goes into tweeting something so like personal. If we had a following that was large enough for us to worry about that, we'd be in a different tax bracket of concern, I think. <laughs> yeah. I'm just, oh man, we can't, just hurt, like, can't hurt the geeky destroy image, man. <laughs> but just turning your your literal personality into a brand that like, that's what that is. Like Jim Gaffigan and Taylor Swift. I mean, Taylor Swift is more her music and Jim Gaffigan is his comedy, but a lot of people can't see that. Like they think the comedy is Jim Gaffigan. Mm -hmm. Um, where like you said earlier, that's, it's not, um, but like their, their brand, their company, in quotes is Jim Gaffigan. Yeah. Like it's not like, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's not, um, the CEO of Ford saying something. Although I guess at this point, Elon Musk is like, essentially he is the, the, the poster child of his brands. Um, so I guess he has that problem too, but he clearly doesn't give a fuck. (laughs) No, (laughs) but super entertaining. No, he doesn't, but I think it's because he knows how to control the market. Like, mm. I think he understands the way to put something out there that will sway things. Mm-hmm. And that's how he controls his the share of Tesla. Like, the value. Like when he says the Tesla stock price is too high, IMO. <laughs> Do you remember when he tweeted that? Yeah. And then he was immediately under investigation for... Uh, um, What's it called? Uh, manipulating the stock market. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, it's 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 very interesting. Like uh, like Joe Rogan is famous for this, right? Joe Rogan has an entire brand based off of being Joe Rogan, mm-hmm. based off of hunting and eating elk, uh, <laughs> loving DMT and weed, and being yeah. a big jujitsu guy. Like that's his yeah. brand. His brand is are those things. Um, mm-hmm. But that's just him. That's just what he likes to do. So that's yeah. his entire thing. Oh yeah, and he does stand up comedy, you know. Yeah. So like that, it, that's, but that's his image. That's his brand, you know. Mm-hmm. He has the the brashness of being a stand up comedian, and he has the interest of, you know, of everything else, of being a hunter, of being a martial artist, of of you know co- commentating the UFC, doing the Fear Factor stuff, being huge into drugs and psychedelics specifically, you know. Yeah. Um, He's a very interesting mixed bag person. <laughs> he is. He is. Uh, so, yeah, no, that's 100%. Um, yeah, the difficult thing. The difficult thing. So, yeah. But yeah, that was very interesting. I wanted to touch base on Gaffigan because I thought that was super unique and super odd. I never thought mm-hmm. I would see Jim Gaffigan blow a gasket because then you have the opposite of people like Patton Oswald, who's mm-hmm. famously left, um, like left leaning politically. But in mm-hmm. his stand-up, he purposely says, I'm not going to say anything about Trump. I'm not going to say yeah. anything about government. He goes, yeah. there's nothing I need to say. Moving yep. on. And he just moves on. Like, And I was waiting for it. I was I was really waiting for him to just go on this this really like brilliant rant or bit because he's such a smart guy. And he mm-hmm. just didn't even touch it. He just went, you know what? I'm not going to get political in this stand-up. So no. 
Yeah. And it's just, what? You're, you're Patton Oswald. What the fuck? Like, your Twitter <laughs> is lit with you just, just, you know, shitting on Republicans. I can't believe you're totally chill with this, you know? Um, yeah. So, yeah, that was just, so yeah. 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 Is it time to do it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I knew it was coming. We're wrapping it up, but uh, no, I'm at obviously the, I'm at the time for the other thing. No, I know. Yeah, like, but as we're wrapping it up, we wanted to touch on one more thing. Yeah, which is so heartbreaking. Uh, which is the passing of Chadwick Boseman. Did I break the news to you when I texted it to you? Yep. Oh fuck. Uh, I forget where I was driving. You were driving, and that hit you. Yep. Oh, <laughs> over over your uh, CarPlay. It's like text, uh, text from Dubs. Read. Yeah. Oh my God, dude, you're not even wrong. That's exactly what it was. Yeah. Tell, was tell me how that happened. Dubs D Tomato, because that's how I have you saved on my phone. Beautiful. So I clicked on it, and I think he literally just said Chadwick Boseman died, and I was like, what? And it took me a second to think of like Chadwick Boseman's Black Panther. No, I have to. That's wrong. He couldn't have died. <laughs> like I literally like my brain immediately knew who you were talking about, but then I had to second guess myself. I'm like, no, I must be thinking of the wrong actor because he didn't die. Uh, and then I was like, what? And uh, and then he said it. And mommy, if you're listening to this, this isn't true. But the first thing I did was just I tapped the Reddit icon on my phone just to see what came up. And then the first like five articles had the same title, and I was like, what the hell? Yeah. And then. Uh, when I got to wherever I was going, I think I got home or whatever. Um, that's when I like looked into it. One of the news articles and like found the details of like the fact that he had stage three. cancer for four years. Yeah. yeah he, well, Colon he was cancer. diagnosed four years ago as stage three and then it escalated and nobody knew about it. He, uh, he didn't talk about I, it. He didn't talk about it. But then I was like, to what extent did quote unquote, nobody know about it? Uh, and then Ryan Coogler's statement came out a yep. couple days later and yep. literally nobody, nobody knew, knew about it. His family knew um, that was it. Yeah. Which is wild. Like, yeah. And, uh, yeah. And then like just everything coming out about like how people just like things clicking in their head. I'm like, Oh my God, when this happened, he knew that that was going on when this happened, like when yep. he went to go visit people, visit kids at the hospital who had the when same he was thing, at St. Like, Jude's Hospital with with the cancer kids. Yeah, he yeah. he had it then. Yes, and he and knew. he was just being Black Panther, and he was being like, "I'm a person that you can look up to," and it's not, "I'm a person." Yeah, like, oh my God, I can't imagine. Somebody pointed out how we had to play the role of Black Panther, where Black Panther dies. Yep. And he goes to the yeah. afterlife twice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Unbelievable. Um, yeah. It's absolutely wild. And then there's. I am not again, dead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, That's a powerful those, scene like, now. Yeah. Yeah. Quotes coming out from the movie, like in Civil War, like in my culture, death is yep. not the end and things like yep. that. That obviously people are using and I have mixed feelings about, but it's. What do you mean? Mixed feelings. I mean, it's like you're. That's a character that he played, right? Like that's that's T'Challa saying those lines. That wasn't Chadwick. I mean, it was Chadwick Boseman playing but like T'Challa. you're you're making that a tribute to him, where that's 
somebody else's words that they wrote in a movie where he's playing it. I don't know. But, and then at the same time, it's like, yeah, that's the character that he was most known for and a really impactful line alone, like in a vacuum outside of his, his own death. And, uh, like attributing that, like tying that together is, I don't know. I think it's nice. I forget who I had a conversation with about, but it's, it was a conversation of like, is that cool that people are just Black Panther quotes all the time? And like, oh, part of it is like they're posting on social media and they're getting a bunch of likes and upvotes and things like that. But well, I mean, I, I feel like and I feel like this happened a lot with the this happened a lot with Robin Williams when he died, where mm. you had somebody die who was so charismatic and so powerful and so impactful um, mm. with their performances that when like I remember I this is only the second time I've actually felt anything from a celebrity dying. Mm. I'll be honest. Did you I, say the second time? Second, first time was Robin Williams. Yeah. When Robin no, Williams I'm, died, I was genuinely bummed out for a few yeah. days. And I know Same. a lot of people are like, you don't even know the guy. He's just a celebrity. Why the fuck do you care? He's just flesh and blood, you know, passing away. Just, yeah, mm-hmm. I know. But you know what? Like his work and the actions of that one man defined a part of my life and yep. shaped moments in my life with my family. Like, yep. So I know he's somebody I never knew, but that doesn't mean this person doesn't have to. That doesn't mean that person cannot expi- uh, inspire or enhance a part of my life. You know what I mean? And that's why yeah. that's why I'm not surprised when people get really upset. Like when Kobe died, mm-hmm. I was not really bummed out, but I I was never a basketball fan. I never touched with Kobe, um, but I knew the impact of Kobe. And that part bummed me out because I saw how much it affected people around me, especially where I was working at the time where that Mm. happened. I was working with people who were friends with Kobe. Yeah. Like because they worked with him for so long. So like I saw how they were handling it and the amount of tears on people's faces because for a lot of people that were my that were coworkers or at least employees at the same company they played with him or they worked with him or they Mm -hmm. knew him personally and talked to him all the time and they were all shocked. And that was a huge blow. Kobe was a huge blow. Yeah. Because it was a, it was a freak accident. Not not only a freak accident. Yeah. But like you had a guy who was a, was a generational player, you know, like Kobe defined a, a, a basketball generation for everybody. So for mm-hmm. Kobe to go, and the biggest thing about Kobe going, I think, which was just the extra giant, you know, knife in the heart, was his daughter with him dying. Yeah, and knowing his daughter was already lined up to go to UConn, and she wanted to yep. be in the WNBA, like like, and how she had plans, and how Kobe was supporting the women's game, and his belief of of like uniting like everybody together for basketball, and the power of of inspiration, and then that happened to the both of them was just. I think that was the biggest kind of heartbreaker. And I watched his tribute at uh, that the Lakers put for him mm-hmm. where you had Shaquille O'Neal go up and talk. You had Michael Jordan go up and talk. You had everybody come up and talk. And it was really sad, man. It was, it was a funeral service. It was a memorial. Yeah. It was really sad because you don't need to. And I feel like this is something that I hear a lot from parents, like young parents people who have kids and it's like you don't know love until you have a child and all this other shit you're right i don't but something that i do i think have perspective on that i can align with when it comes to parents viewing their children is that yes you you see the fact that they're that they are just human and you Mm. see you, you realize kobe was a 
was a little boy to somebody. He was a son. He was a or a brother or or a best friend. And take your childhood and copy and paste it to anybody else, and it can be that. That could have been yeah. a reality. So I think it's easy to empathize in those situations. Um, and I understand the idea of of not having the pedestal there, of trying to knock away the pedestal of celebrity to make them just human. But I feel yeah. like when they're on the pedestal, you can still see the human side of it. Like when Robin Williams went and people found out why he went was because yeah. he found out his diagnosis and he he did that. He killed himself, you know? Mm. That was a thing where it was a superhuman thing of um, an intense alignment of just this guy realized he had no hope. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And just, it happened. And then in, you have a case like this where in Chadwick, that shocked me because I never followed him. So I didn't see the videos of him when he was getting skinnier and more gaunt. And I didn't see pictures of that or memes of anything. Like I didn't see him in culture at all um, at that stage when he was going through harder treatments and it was impacting yeah. him he- heavily. Uh, so because of that, I didn't have any forewarning of it. So when this happened, it was just out of the blue. Yeah. It sucks because you look at the impact of his characters. Like this guy got done with stage three cancer. I have it here with stage three cancer. This guy went forward and did Jackie Robinson in 2013 played James Brown in 2014 Thurgood Marshall in 2017 T'Challa in 2018 and Storm and Norm in 2020. So as, mm. as this says um, from Kyle A, from Kyle A B on Twitter, Chadwick worked like he had something to do and it was a hell of a run. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's true, which meant he he knew he had shit to get done, and yeah, it's just it's um. Can you imagine being in his shoes? Like, and that's the thing about empathy. Like, I can imagine having that kind of news being broke. Just you have stage three cancer, and we're concerned about your your odds. And yeah. his thought was just, "Well, I'm gonna do my best to beat it, but you know what? I got some shit. I I gotta, I gotta get some stuff done, just in case." Yeah. You know what I mean? He went on to portray powerful figures in history. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it's it it hits different this one because like. There's like all different. There's like different stories that all these celebrities we've mentioned so far have, and like another, another one was like Steve Jobs, where he was sick and he was still like he was working like he had stuff to do, but we all knew he was sick and we all like saw it coming. Um, so that was different. And then when it happened, it was obviously heartbreaking and it was like shocking that like this the CEO of like one of the most famous companies in the world. And like this philanthropist all of a sudden passed away. And then, but this one, all those same things were happening. And you can, you can argue that Chadwick is, is a more powerful figure for a lot of people. Um, and that nobody knew. And he just kept it to himself, which is it's so, that's so baffling to me that like not even Ryan Coogler knew. Uh, the director of Black Panther, or, and I'm assuming uh, Kevin Feige didn't know if Ryan Coogler didn't know, because like him and Ryan Coogler are like super close friends now. That statement by Ryan about like his experience with uh, Chad was intense about like yeah. the prep for Black Panther and 
and his input on the character and the story arc and what it means and the way to portray stuff. I watched Black Panther after reading that statement that night. Mm-hmm. And that movie is so powerful. You know, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. That movie was always powerful. Like, I always thought that was, I still stand by this. It's such a good movie that it mm-hmm. doesn't have to be Marvel. <laughs> like, yeah. that's like, a, it's that could be its own Disney story like like it could be its own Lion King, it could be its own Mulan, it could be its yeah. own it's that fucking good through and through from a storytelling perspective, I think. Mm-hmm. Um I know that there's people like I'm one of them though I I didn't like the CGI in it. I that would that's just a little quirk that I have yeah. with it. But from a story perspective, it's impeccable. You know what yeah. I mean? It's a powerful movie. And mm-hmm. we're not even touching base on like, you know, minority empowerment through that movie. Um, it was groundbreaking. Yeah, and it was incredible. And it, it it was watching that movie after reading all that. It really paints T'Challa in a very different light for me, because mm. it's everything seems more authentic. Like T'Challa's arc seems so much more authentic through Chadwick then, because I know what Chadwick was going through. So now yeah. his portray like when he said that line, like I am not dead. When he's walking yeah. back up, there's such an intensity there that I detected, but now I, I feel it through and through because I know Chad Chadwick was probably going through his own thoughts of having to say that line. You know yeah. what I mean? Knowing he has stage three, stage four cancer. Yeah. <laughs> See what I mean? Like, like, like in the fact that he, he plays himself being dead and he has to reconcile with his father and his ancestors and the transition into death and what that means. And he gets brought back and it's just, it's crazy. And then Infinity War and Endgame, where he dies again and yes. gets brought back again. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Um Yeah. Unbelievable. He doesn't have any lines though in Endgame, does he? Yeah, he does. He speaks? Clint. Clint, give it to me. Oh, he when, does. Uh, when they're trying to get the gauntlet away from Thanos. And it's that's when uh it's a callback to Civil War when uh, Hawkeye is about to fight Black Panther. He goes, hi, my name's Clint. I do not care. <laughs> uh, and then in Endgame, when they're trying to keep the gauntlet away from him, he says, Clint, give it to me. And like the fact that he like calls him by his name. And then he does the Ibombe, Ibombe, like the war chant. Oh, yeah, uh, he does do Ibombe. Right, coming right, through the, right, right, the right. portals. I think that's it, though. Um, yeah, not, not many lines from all the characters who came back post-snap. But, yeah, yeah. Um, he, he got, I think there may have been one other, but I can't think of it. But man, the one, the one about this one is like, it just, he went from being a, a great person, like using his fame for, for good and greatness to like times 10. Like the fact that he was doing that under all that weight and like did all those incredible things that he did for for kids and minorities and and everyone and like just oh my god it's unbelievable yeah it's unbelievable this year is a rough year if you think about 2020 so far yeah i almost i'm at this point i'm so spiteful of 2020 i don't even want to give it credit (laughs) like i'm not even tying this into 2020 it's just an unfortunate thing that it's happened. just like blow after blow after blow we have and we're not even in elections yet like fucking it's <laughs> stop <laughs> not even election season where people can can get really upset about stuff it's just and 
I don't know. I don't know how to word it properly to say about what it felt like for, you know, Chadwick Boseman to to die. Just mm. it's um, it was it was it was a different kind of shocking because it was a surprise, but it wasn't a surprise to him. Like, there are certain celebrities that you hear about dying in, like, freak accidents. Paul Walker, Anton Yelchin, uh, things like that. And it's like, that's shocking. Man, isn't life chaotic? But this one is, that's shocking to us because he was going through something so awful and chose not to tell anybody about it. Almost not to burden us and not to affect the way we looked at him. Like, he was just he was a superhero he was like the greatest black superhero and he was that for all those kids he visited at saint jude and things like that but he wasn't that actor who had cancer playing that superhero he was just that guy did you see did you see the interview where he uh, starts starts crying about the two kids no there's an interview there's an interview (laughs) for black panther with the cast of black panther and he, they're asking him about like his inspirations, and he talks about how there's two kids, two two terminally ill children, who mm-hmm. their last wish was to see Black Panther, mm-hmm. and he said that was my inspiration on on set. He said every time we had to do another take, I kept thinking this has to be perfect because we need to get this done, and we need to yeah. make sure we do this right the first time, and we need to make sure you know it's we 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 do this proper, and we we give these we give these two kids that this goal of theirs and then he breaks down because at the end it turns out they they didn't get to see the movie Uh, now imagine that weight on top of him yeah that he (laughs) sorry to bum you out but think about now that weighing down on him the fact that he has stage three stage four cancer how trying to bring a wish to two terminally ill children with cancer this movie that he's making and he just wants to get it done as best and as perfect and as fast as possible and he can't get it done in time Mm. yeah <laughs> like it's just the 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 weight is huge i think the and somebody pointed out on twitter um they said i hope this makes men more aware of their health he was a mm. healthy 43 year old who, who was discovered with stage three colon cancer um yeah. and that twitter thread was full of guys saying i'm getting a colonoscopy like tomorrow i'm going in yeah um if t'challa can fucking get it then like what are my odds kind of uh yeah. kind of kind of saying um it certainly weighs heavy on my mind as i get older of just how fragile health is yeah you know because my image of t'challa is t'challa so like yeah. i didn't again i wasn't up to chadwick's like social feeds i didn't know he was losing weight so when i heard he died i imagined jacked as fuck's eight percent body fat t'challa dying yeah. from cancer yeah it just it didn't match for me i just couldn't i i I, it's yeah (laughs) yeah um yeah he was a great guy absolute shock tragic i would say i saw stats by the way on on colon cancer um higher risk in men higher risk in african-american men higher risk if it runs in your family higher risk if you're 40 or older yeah so if any of those apply to you get a colonoscopy yeah the the twitter thread was also saying like i'm 27 and i went to and i asked for colonoscopy my doctor laughed at me and was like there's zero need for it other than Mm. you're scared of it you're scared of of what you just heard um Mm. and people were like yeah tell the doctor fuck right i'm scared put a 
tube up my ass let's go let's like <laughs> let's fucking go man like shut up and get that tube in my ass yeah i'm not here playing around fucking stick it in my ass let's go i'm like <laughs> I, yeah. i'm here exactly because of that because i'm scared and um yeah i remember in high school uh there was a classmate who got testicular cancer mm. in high school high school not yeah. senior year like sophomore year of high school so mm-hmm. he was what 16 yeah and he he lost a testicle to testicular cancer at 16 wow. and then from because of that guess who checks all the time now this fucking guy <laughs> right yeah so like like it's it's something to be aware of because fuck dude you don't want to get news like that you know what i mean yeah um it's actually also why i've been trying to have more plants like plant-based food mm. um plant-based meals i mean you're pretty much like at least 50 percent vegetarian so you'll like th- this but turns out the older you get the harder it is for our body to process meats and by mm-hmm. because of that our body actually has a higher risk of producing cancerous agents of from trying to digest meat specifically red meat so yeah. that's why you see a lot of older people especially like famous uh, like arnold schwarzenegger is famously full plant now because of the the how risk averse it is to go vegetarian yeah. um although i think he still has eggs yeah sometimes but um how how plant heavy diets have become for older people because they found mm-hmm. out that Oh, hey, if you have a lot of meat, especially red meat as you get older, guess what? That Your body will literally start festering like agents for cancer by doing that. Yeah. If you have a lot, so. You got to take care of yourself. Exactly. That's why you got to work out, my friend. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm excited to work out. This is also going to be my workout room, the one that I'm in. Ooh. Yeah. Take care of yourself. Yeah. You got to get a workout mat like I have, like the this long one. It's right off camera. Oh, perfect. You're good to go. You're good to go. <laughs> yeah. All right, cool. buddy. Well, let's end it on a positive note of being healthy and taking care of yourself. Be healthy. Get checked. Don't let your doctor tell you that you're you're being a wimp for getting checked if you're scared of something. Exactly. Exactly. And eat more plants and work out more. Exactly. And be thankful. Yes. All right, buddy. All right. Good talk. Bye-bye. 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 <laughs>